0: the living word hallelujah Jesus you are the living word you are the living word hallelujah can't we just worship right there hallelujah we love you today Jesus we give your name glory God you're worthy Lord God hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus you're the living word God hallelujah thank you Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah God Oh God we bless your name Jesus We worship you in this tabernacle today We lift your name in this temple today God You are the living word God It is in you that we move And we breathe And we have our being Hallelujah Jesus Glory to you God we owe you are worship, Jesus. We owe you our praise, God. We lift you higher, God. We lift you higher, God. We lift you higher, God. Hallelujah! Glory, Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Jesus hands together. Give the Lord some praise. Give God some praise in this house today. He's a worthy God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Lift our hands in adoration to you, God. We exalt you today, God. We're nothing without you today, God. Hallelujah. Bless the name of God. Hallelujah. We're going to ask our youth and our children to come down to the front. Amen. Have our youth and children join us at the front. Come quickly. Hallelujah Bless the name of God Hallelujah Hallelujah Start in the book of Romans this morning. Romans, the eighth chapter. We're going to be reading the 35th through the 39th verse. Then we're also going to read 1 John 4 9 through 11. So you can put your finger there on 1 John 4 9 through 11. Thank you, Jesus. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor any height or depth, nor anything else in our creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Then we'll turn over to 1 John 4. 9 through 11. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Hallelujah. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name this morning in this place. We thank you for your presence, Jesus. You are here with us. We thank you for your anointing that makes the difference, your anointing that destroys the yokes of bondage. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for freedom in you today, God. Father, I am your vessel, and these are your people, Father God. It is in you that I live, I move, and I have my being, Lord God. You be glorified in this time, God. You speak, Father God. We thank you for what you have to say to the youth and the children on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give our youth a hand. They did a great job in leading worship this morning. Give honor to God this morning, to our bishop in his absence. Hallelujah. Our apostle. Was out doing the work of the Lord. God is good to our first lady this morning. Hallelujah. It's a blessing to see her. Amen. Hallelujah. And thank God to see our college student, Sister Sierra, in the house. Hey, Sierra. It's good to see you. So let's jump into the word. So Bishop has been preaching um, for a few Sundays about being in a fight, being in a real battle, speaking to us about spiritual warfare. Um, and he talked about this being a daily fight. Um, and this type of warfare has no respect of persons. Amen. It engages our children right. and our teenagers as well. Hallelujah. And so our children and our youth need to be able to fight as well. Hallelujah. So the Lord was speaking to me this morning in the bathroom. And um, <laughs> 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 so, you know, after I thought, you know, finish getting my message together. You know, he has some more words for me. Um, and so, this is what the Lord was saying this morning, and He was saying that, saying this to you, to, the, to our youth, that is critical that you know that the gospel message is also for you. The gospel message is also for you, um, and it is for your peers. It's for your peers. And so, if you think about the gospel message being for you and for your peers, you as hearers, you share the gospel with your peers. Um, People are dying every day. And they're not just 70 and older. They are five years old. They are six years old. They are 14 years old. They are 22 years old. We got a phone call this morning about a young man that we knew from Kenton's hometown. I know his family. He died last night in a car accident. And so warfare knows no respect of persons. Death knows no age. So you don't need to wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. Yeah. Um, and so the Lord was dealing with me about um, the messages that our children are bombarded with on a daily basis. Um, messages that they receive from the TV, yeah. messages that they get from magazines, yeah. um, cultural, idea, cultural ideas that they get from social media, um, from their friends, they're bombarded with all kinds of messages all the time. Um, And so these kind of messages that our kids are bombarded with, that you are bombarded with, are the kind of messages that send them on this wild goose chase, seeking validation, seeking love, seeking acceptance, um, and seeking it in all the wrong places and with all the wrong people. So we're talking this morning about looking for love in the right place. So looking for love in the right place. We want our our youth to know that God's love is what really matters. Um, And so, you know, sometimes, you know, social media gets a bad rap sometimes. But it's not social media that's bad. It's the people that do the stuff on social media that make it what it is. Social media is a great outlet. It's great for marketing. It's great for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's great for connecting people. Um, you know, it was such a blessing a couple of Sundays ago when we had the, the storm and Bishop was able to still preach and we were able to still get the word of God via Facebook Live. So it's not Facebook, it's not social media, it's not Instagram, Twi- Twitter that's bad. That's the platform. It's what people do with the platform. And so sometimes, you know, things are said and things are done and and, and we take it to heart. Um, and a couple, it was a couple weeks ago, I think it was maybe last week, I was listening to the radio. Um, I turned it on afternoon on my way home, I think it was in, Willie Moore Jr. show was on, and um, a teenager called in and they were asking about why is it that um, the number of followers that a teenager has means so much to them? And so, you know, the teenager's response was because it, it, it's, it makes you feel good. It means you're popular when you got a bunch of followers. When somebody retweeted something you tweeted, that's a big deal. And that's kind of sad. That's sad that that's where our teenagers and our youth are seeking validation is on how many followers they have, how many people retweeted them, how many people watched their video. A a tweet shared a thousand times can make you known. Okay, A YouTube video that's viewed 500,000 times can make somebody famous. Instagram followers dictate popularity for our kids, and that sends the wrong message. And so what happens when these things fade away or when you're no longer trending? Then what's happened when you're no longer trending? And then you also see other kinds of things that affect the views that our children have of themselves, affect the way you guys look at yourself and the way that you feel about yourselves. And I know some of our teenagers, especially some of my boys, they – they're not some of them are not interested in social media that's not really a big thing for them but I know for some of our some of our females some of our girls they are and so sometimes we even get messages about the standards of beauty what makes us beautiful how small your waist is how well you beat your face this morning are your eyebrows lit and popping Those are the messages that I see. I don't know about y'all, but that's the kind of stuff I see popping up in my news feed and the kind of videos and things that, you know, I pop, don't get me wrong, I like my eyebrows be popping and, you know, to have my blush together and make sure that everything is in order, don't don't get it twisted. But that is not, that's not where I find validation. That does not signify who I am as a person. That doesn't tell me whether or not I should love myself, whether or not I got my eyebrows together this morning. But those are the kind of messages that I see on social media, on TV, on, in magazines. And so I know those are the kind of messages that our kids are being bombarded with. And so people place conditions on relationships, you know, because people have standards that they think people should meet. I love you if. I am friends with you if. You are good enough if. You meet the standard if. If. If you hurt my feelings, you're not my friend. If you mess up, we are done. I'll choose you if. So these are the type of things that create insecurities. And so an insecurity is when you don't feel good about yourself. You're worried about something, not being okay with you on the outside. And so you don't feel good about who you are based on somebody else's message to you. And that's a problem. That is a problem. Because people put conditions and limitations on their love, their respect, and their acceptance of you. And that's not what God wants for your life. So what these things suggest is that love, friendship, status, acceptance all have to be earned. That you have to do something to earn it. Okay? That you are valuable if you meet the world's standards. And if you don't, then you're thrown away. Not our children. Not our children. So what results is that, you know, we start chasing something that's unobtainable. And so these are the kind of messages that tear down self-esteem, that reinforce self-hatred, and leaves... Are kids feeling empty? um, Or feeling like you're not enough? or Or the really bad thing that I've been seeing lately is a lot of anxiety. I have kindergarten students with anxiety issues. I have third graders with anxiety issues. I have fifth graders with anxiety issues. I have kids who take medication because of anxiety. Because some of them are afraid of not meeting a standard. Or making a mistake. I kid you not, it's real life. And so our kids are bombarded with these messages that affect this part of them. So there's good news though, hallelujah. There is good news. And so what do we do to combat? And you know, combat is like fighting. What do we do to fight? What do we do to fight the stuff on the outside and the environment, external influences? What do we do to fight those internal battles and internal struggles that we have with ourselves? Because I have them, I don't know about you, I have those internal struggles, and so I have to fight. And so I know that the enemy is talking to our children, because he thinks they're not equipped and they're not ready and they can't handle it. But we want to equip our children. And so what, what combats that, what helps you fight is biblical truth. Not what the world is telling you. Not what those shows are telling you, not what you see on social media, but what the Bible says. And what the Bible says is that love, that stuff you're seeking, begins with God. It begins with God. God is love, and he loves you more than you could ever imagine. And that's what he wants you to know this morning, is that he loves you more than you can imagine, more than you could ever think and that his love is enough. enough. No matter what the world says, his world, his love is enough. He loves you with an everlasting love that will calm those fears that you have. That will help you deal with those doubts that you have. That will fill those empty parts of you. Those empty parts. I don't know about you, but I've had empty parts. As a teenager, I've had empty parts. As a kid, I had some empty parts. And so I know that some of our kids and some of our youth, whether they admit it, whether they say it out loud, whether they say it to you, they have some empty parts. And sometimes we have something to do with those empty parts if we want to be real. A lot of my kids who have anxiety issues, their parents have them. And I sit down and have a conversation with them about what's going on. Well, I deal with this too. They're passing it down. They're verbalizing their thoughts, verbalizing their insecurities, and then the kids take them on. I'm not enough. I'm not going to be enough. If I don't get this A, it's going to be a problem. If I don't do this, it's going to be a problem. So our kids, these are the kind of messages that they get from us, and sometimes we don't even realize it. We don't even realize it that we're standing at our time. I know, I know sometimes I'm not conscious of it. Something I've said, I don't want to communicate that to my child. Because he's fearfully and wonderfully made. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. There is good in you. You are princess and princesses. You are the royalty of God. You are members of a royal priesthood. We are sitting among royalty right here in our own church. Our African American children are Royalty. They are royalty. And so God wants you to know that there's nothing that can separate you from his love. That's what the word tells us. Nothing can separate you from his love. Stuff you go through does not separate you from his love. Stuff you do does not separate you from his love, but you have to receive it. You got to accept it. And so if we dismiss his love, then we'll never be fulfilled will never be fulfilled, and we'll always be on this endless chase for something that's only temporary and not eternal like God's love. Our identity, your identity as believers should be in Christ Jesus. It should be in Christ. He alone can completely validate you as a new creature in him. He alone can do that for you. Not how many scores you shot, not how many baskets you made, not how many boyfriends you've had. Not how many people like you at school. That's not it. That's okay. But that's not it. It's not it. But God's love is it. That's what's up. That's what's popping. That's what's lit. God's love. God's love. And so... People's love, they have limits. They got limits. People put limits on you. But guess what? Guess what? God does not. He doesn't put limits on his love for you. He doesn't put limits. His love is permanent, it's not fickle. It's not situational, like some of us can be. It's not based on feelings. We get caught up in feelings, and we get in our feelings. It's about the way I feel about it. And I'm not dealing with you because I'm not feeling you right now. It's not what God says. His love never fails. He says, I'll never leave you. He says, I'll never forsake you, Thomas. He's not going to forsake you. He's got your back, Seth. He wants what's good for you. And awesome thing is that he created you so he knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you need. Everything you need, he knows exactly what you need. So I read this analogy, and I thought it it was really awesome. And it says that it's almost as if your heart is like a lock. And the only key that fits it is God's love. So your heart is like a lock. And the only key that fits it is his love. And the awesome thing about it is that he enjoys loving you. Like it brings him great joy to love you. You are his creation. You are the apple of his eye, Aleah. You're the apple of his eye. He loves you. And so this is how he validates you. This is how he validates you. Um, who has a Bible? You have your Bible out? Jaden, you got a Bible? Joshua, you got a Bible? Put your phones out. Joshua, I want you to get Zephaniah 3 and 17. Aleah, I want you to get Romans 8 and 31. Jaden, Jeremiah 29 and 11. So Zephaniah three seventeen, Romans 8, 31. Aleah, Jaden, Jeremiah 29 and 11. Joshua, when you get it, stand and read it. I like that part about He will take great delight in you. Amen. So He takes great delight in you, meaning He enjoys you. He rejoices over you with singing, with singing. Yeah, yeah. Alleluia, Romans eight thirty one. What then shall we say in response to these Is God, if God is for us, who can be he, he is for you. He's for you. Jaden, Jeremiah 29 and 11. So that means your destiny has already been decided. It's already been decided. Glory to God. 1 Peter 2 and 9. 1 Peter 2 and 9. 1 Peter 2 and 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. A possession is something that belongs to you. In fact, you have a purse. That's your purse, right? That belongs to you. That is your possession. You are his possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Into his wonderful light. So let's talk about some specifics and then we're going to wrap up and be out of here. So let's talk about some specific things that remind us of God's love things that we can do, things to combat these messages that we get, those things that the enemy tries to put into our head. So, this thing right here, this is a love letter to you. This is your love letter. He wrote you a love letter. You looking for love, you like sweet notes, sweet nothings, here you go. That is your love letter. So read your love letter and continue to get to know God through his love letter that he wrote to each of you. You don't understand something in the love letter? Ask somebody. Ask your parents. Call me on the phone. Call Bishop. He'll answer the phone. He'll talk to you. He'll answer your questions. Call Elder Stowe. Call Elder Hoskins. Call call Minister Smalls. Call Elder Benjamin. So there's no excuse if you don't understand it. There's somebody that you can call, that you can talk to, your parents. They're first and foremost. Go to them. Biblical affirmations. Affirmations that come from the word of God. Affirmations are things that you say to yourself to encourage yourself. Some people put affirmations on sticky notes on their mirrors. Some people have them taped to their desk at work. At work. You might have them in your book bag. You might even have some in the notes section on your phone. Whatever it is, our thoughts become our words. The power of life and death is in your tongues. You have power. You have authority. You can speak to situations. You can speak to mountains and tell them to move. You have authority. Simone, you have authority. You can speak to situations. You can speak things over yourself. So God wants you to live in abundance. He's giving you life abundantly. So you need to affirm yourself daily. Wake up affirming yourself. Echo the sentiments in this love letter. Say that stuff that he's saying to you in his words. Say it over yourself. What might happen if you just take the time to believe his words? Not believe the messages that the enemy is trying to put in your head about who you are and what you are not and who you're not going to be. Those are lies. They're lies. To have control over you, which you should. Let them be the thoughts of the Lord, what the Lord says, not what the enemy says. So I need a few volunteers, Simone, Jasmine, my baby right here. Tell me your name again. Come on up. Come on up, Simone. I want you to hold this. So what they're holding are examples of negative thoughts. So, Simone, I want you to read what your negative thought says. God has no real use use for me. So when the enemy puts a thought in your head like that, what you do is you challenge it. You challenge it with an affirmation. What is true about you? Turn it over, Simone. What does the Lord say to us? Things that you say to yourself. Right. Serenity, read yours loud and clear. I am a say it again. I am a failure. Say it again. I am a failure. Turn it over. What does the Lord say? I am a chosen and valuable treasure. I belong to God. He knows me and calls me by my name. He knows wow. you, and calls you by name. Hallelujah. Jasmine, yeah. read what yours says. You have messed up too many times. No one loves you. I am more than a conqueror. Nothing will separate me from God's love. Nothing will separate me from God's love. Those are examples of affirmations, okay? Last week, I talked to my students about um, the uh, difference between a fixed versus a growth mindset by third, fourth, and fifth graders. And we talked about how a fixed mindset means that you don't believe that um, that there's anything that you can grow in. You can't grow. There's nothing more that you can learn. Whatever's in you is your capacity and and there's nothing more you can do about it. And so a growth mindset says that even when I make mistakes and I fail, I can still get back up again. And a growth mindset says that there's good in me. And a growth mindset says that my mistakes are opportunities for me to bounce back and to be even better. And so... We want to have a growth mindset. We want to believe that we can and that we are. And so we talked about having an internal dialogue. And so internal means inside. That means what's going on inside. A dialogue is a conversation, okay, that you have. So it's a dialogue that you have with yourself. What is your internal dialogue like? What are you saying to yourself? What are you allowing the enemy to say to you? Affirm yourselves in the Lord. Affirm yourselves. Say good things to yourselves. When you wake up in the morning, you say, I'm beautiful. There's good in me. God has woken me up this morning. He's given me another chance. I matter to somebody. I am not defined by people, but the Lord defines me, and he loves me. Those are the things that you say to yourself. You combat, you fight against what the enemy is putting in your head. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Give my volunteers a hand. Good job, ladies. Thank you so much. So the next thing we want to do is stay connected to the source. Stay connected to the source. When you plug in your phone, it charges up. When you unplug it, it stops charging. When you plug into God, he charges you up. When you unplug, you're not charging. It's as simple as that. Real, it's, real, it's real simple. So stay charged up. Stay connected to the source. So how do we stay connected to the source? We surround ourselves with people who know the source. We surround ourselves with people who know the source. We surround ourselves with people who are speaking good things into our lives. We pray. And we don't have to make prayer complicated. Exactly. Just like you sit and have a conversation with your mom or dad or with your friends, you talk to the Lord. It's that simple. That's right. And of course, you read your love letter. We already talked about that. And so then what do you do with all this good stuff? Once you have developed this habit, this habit of of, of talking with the Lord, this habit of saying good things about yourself, and you are... Building confidence and and you feel validated by God. And even when things are said to you, you don't let it tear you down. What do you do with all of that once you have it on the inside? You share it. You share it with somebody. You share it with that friend that's sitting by themselves. You share it with your friend who's having issues at home with their parents and they don't know what to do. You share it with that friend who comes to tell you that they're in an abusive home. You share it with those people who don't know Christ. You don't hide it under a bushel. You let your light shine. You guys have lights in you. But others can't see it if you ain't living it. So it's one thing, we talked about this, and Minister Smalls mentioned this in prayer on Friday night. It's one thing to believe in God, but it's another thing to believe God. So when you believe God, you want to share that with other people, what you know about God. And I'm not saying you need to go around knocking folks upside the head with Bibles. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying share what you know with people about Christ. And then folks will start to feel comfortable coming to you. When I'm at work, I don't have to go around shouting to people that I'm saved or that I'm a minister. Okay, I I pray that, Lord, your light shines through me and then folks start showing up in my office. Like maybe too much sometimes. To the point where I can't get my work done because, you know, they want to talk or, you know, sometimes I sometimes they need to pray. And I'm, I'm all about that. So we're going to pray. And people come because they'll see your light. And they want some of what you got. And it's not you. It's the God in you. It's the God that's in you. It's the God in you. There's a huge difference between the world and there's a, a difference between God. And the difference is that he cares about your soul and the world does not devil wants you to go to hell that's what he wants, he wants you to go to hell, that's what he wants what do you want what do you want where do you want to go this is not your home this is not where you're meant to stay where do you want to go who do you want to spend eternity with Don't get caught up in this stuff down here. It will lead you astray. It will lead you away from God. But set your affections on him. Set your affections on him. Amen. We're standing. We thank God for his love. It is better than life. It's good. So if you feel like sometimes it's difficult for you to really believe that God loves you, that you struggle with your in yourself, with insecurities, with wanting to be validated by things on the outside and in.